meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission for November 16th, 2023. The time is 4.30 and I'm Margot Schaub. I serve as a Library Commission Affairs Analyst. Members of the public can observe the meeting using the Zoom system by following the link in the library's event calendar or by calling 1-877-853-5247 and entering the meeting number 826-0656-4957. Pursuant to instructions from the mayor's office that all commissions adopt the Board of Supervisors new rule eliminating remote pub public comment except as necessary for accommodations, the San Francisco Public Library will discontinue remote public comment after the November 2023 commission meeting. Members of the public today are invited to observe the meeting in person at the CRET or watch on Zoom and library commission, commission meetings will continue to be available to watch rem remotely over Zoom. For today's meeting, public comment will be taken both in person and remotely by video or call in for each item on the agenda. We will conduct public comment with attendees in the CRUT first and then move to Zoom for public comment. Each comment is limited to three minutes unless otherwise noted. To make public comment when connected by phone, please raise your hand by di dialing star nine to be added to the remote queue for the agenda item you intend to comment on. Individuals joining by Zoom should click the raise hand button to be added to the queue. Mike Smith with Media Services Operations will moderate Zoom virtual public comment. Mr. Smith will call upon Zoom attendees by name or caller number for each attendee who wishes to provide public comment. If we experience any technical issues with Zoom, we'll recess and try to address the issue. Please try logging back into Zoom if there are technical problems. Library commissioners in attendance are President Connie Wolf, Vice President Pete Wong, Commissioners Ono, Lomax Giraduzzi, and Bolander. Thank you very much. And hello and welcome to the November 16, 2023 meeting of the San Francisco Public Library Commission. Delighted that many of you were able to get here today, um, given all the activity, uh, exciting activity in our city. Um, to those, uh, so we're very happy to welcome you and we are very pleased to welcome our virtual audience via the Zoom platform. We have a full agenda ahead and we will start with the Ramatush Ohlone land acknowledgement. The area known, now known as San Francisco is the unceded ancestral homeland of the Ramatush Ohlone peoples of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the original peoples of this land, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place. We recognize that we benefit from living, working, and learning on their traditional homeland. As uninvited guests, we affirm their sovereign rights as First Peoples and wish to pay our respects to the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community. If you have not already done so, all the materials for this meeting are available to download on the Library Commission webpage um, at sfpl.gov or here on, in the back of the Coret Auditorium. Today, we have a total of six agenda items, and we will begin with item number one, which is general public comment. Um, operations, how many people do we have joined us via Zoom today? Madam President, at this time, we have six people in the queue. Thank you very much. Um, we are going to begin with public comment here in Coret, um, and then we'll follow with our Zoom participants. Um, at this time, members of the public may address the commission on items of interest to the public that are within the subject matter jurisdiction of the commission. The public has the opportunity to address the commission on today's agenda items um, when that item is called. General public comment is now open here in Coret. 
Good afternoon, Commissioners. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I see we have five commissioners out of seven. I haven't heard the roll call. That's the usual custom to do roll call at the beginning of the meeting. I have a couple of points. Uh, the first one is that the library has, in a very peremptory way, announced that there's going to be no remote public comment after this meeting, starting basically with the next meeting in December. This is a fundamental issue of open government. This is a fundamental issue of access to uh, the public to make public comment. And it seems to me that the appropriate thing to do would be for the policy body of the library to have some say and to take some action, which you've already done, but without ever putting it on the agenda, without ever having a discussion, without ever having an announcement. And the agenda gives no explanation for why this is being done or by whom. Has the library commission decided without having a meeting or an agenda item to change the way it's providing public access for public comment? I haven't seen it. And it's not even on the agenda today for any kind of announcement or discussion or anything else. We heard the uh, commission uh, person speaking uh, at the beginning and referencing a mayoral order. I would certainly like to see that, and that's an information request, but there was no such explanation on the agenda or for the public in general, nor on an agenda item, nor anything else for the public who may not have heard that momentary mention. Uh, whether or not the mayor has made an announcement, it seems to me that it's appropriate for you to take the decision formally on this issue, even if you agree with the mayor. I'd also like to say that there's more trouble on the uh, social, media uh, social media world uh, which you repeatedly tout on publicity, even though the Surgeon General and other testimony, including Francis Haugen at the Senate two years ago, has said can be toxic, and especially to kids. Francis Haugen testified at the Senate two years ago, and I've mentioned it every meeting, and you haven't included it in the minutes, that Facebook prioritizes profits over safety, especially for teenagers. So let's leave it at that for this moment. Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Ruben Juarez, and I'm a member of our local 1021 and a circulation supervisor at the library. At the last commission meeting, there was some talk regarding labor and unions during the open discussion segment when the commissioners weighed in on the strategic planning initiative. To be clear, labor is receptive to hearing any proposals that management may have regarding the strategic initiative and curious to hear what the implementation of the plan would look like. We too share the concern that was raised by Commissioner Mall over the prioritization of safety in our work sites for both our patrons and our staffs. We know going into a bargaining cycle next year that for our library to keep its status as a preeminent department, that we need to be fully staffed up. 
These are just two of the items that are important for all our library locations, staffing and safety, and need to be addressed in any substantive strategic plan. Thank you. Hello, commissioners. My name is Glenn Rogers. I wanted to say hello. <laughs> uh, but more importantly, you know, I, uh, Peter Warfield had made a very good point, I think, regarding the uh, remote meeting uh, being curtailed. You know, I know that uh, supervisors had a very difficult time with the public, that the public oftentimes when they were uh, commenting on Zoom, uh, they were rude, they were, uh, <laughs> took too long to make their point. And uh, it, it would take many hours additionally uh, for the uh, supervisors to finish their, their meetings uh, with the public, with the uh, Zoom uh, app. That, that being said, the people that you have here are very well behaved. And, uh, and and they don't exercise that kind of uh, behavior. I know for myself that I have a, a competing meeting um, on Thursdays uh, when you have your meeting. And it's not always easy for me to come here, but it would be easier for me to come if you had a Zoom meeting. So I would, I would uh, support uh, Peter's comment that please, you know, allow us to be able to meet with the Zoom here, uh, as well as in person. Thank you. Thank you. Any further public comment here in Corret Auditorium? Seeing that there's no further public comment, um, we will turn to our participants via the Zoom um, platform. Operations, are there any callers in the queue? And if so, could you start the first one, please? Thank you. Madam President, at this time, there is one caller in the queue. I will put them through now. Caller Alyssa, your three minutes begin now. Great, thank you so much. And um, good afternoon, commissioners and Michael. Um, my name is Elisa Lee, and I've been a San Francisco resident since um, 1997. I'm a lawyer and a writer, and, and in both of those capacities, an enthusiastic and avid um, you know, fan of the library and user of all of its uh, services, um, and greatly appreciative um, in that context. Um, as a board member of Friends since 2020, I wanted to just commend you know, everything that you've been doing around the strategic planning process and the hard work that I see you and Michael putting in day after day. Um, we recently, you know, recently had the opportunity to work with some of your consultants um, who were thoughtful and um, I think really, you know, sort of um, appreciate the way that all of you have worked so closely with friends throughout this process and really brought us in as a valued strategic partner. So we're, we're grateful for that as well and excited to see, you know, the, the next set of results and what the future holds as we go down this path together. Um, two things I wanted to highlight for you that are going on with friends. One is um, um, our efforts around fundraising. As you might have heard, we had a hugely successful year last year with the success of the Library Laureates Gala, which we very much see, you know, as, as part of this larger partnership that we share with the library. Um, and coming off the strength of that, um, that event, we've just kicked off our year-end fundraising campaign. We're seeing a huge response um, from people who want to show their support to the library. Um, 
And we really see this as a further testament to our partnership and a glowing endorsement from San Franciscans that they trust the library. They appreciate the world-class programming that, that we you know, have put together together um, in part because of Friends funding, but also because of the thoughtfulness and the thoroughness and the professionalism that, that Michael and his staff and the commission has shown day after day. Um, the last thing I wanted to highlight was um, just the, the excitement and the success that I that we saw around Litquake and Litcrawl last month. Um, as you know, each year we support a group of San Francisco writers by providing them with free workspace um, and also to create new pathways for collaboration between the local literary community and the library. Um, these are called the Brown Hamler Residents, and this is our fifth class of writers. Um, we hosted them for a... Um, a reading night as part of Liquake um, to a standing room only um, audience on Valencia Street. And we were thrilled to see that the program was so successful and that our program continues to grow. And for any of you who are writers out there, make note that the applications for our next class of residents will open in early January. So let me close by saying, you know, by expressing our gratitude, our excitement about what the future holds for us, um, and the, you know, the, just the delight that we have in terms of the opportunities that we see ahead to deepen our partnership, to strengthen the communications and the ways that we can collaborate together between our organizations. Thank you. Thank you, caller. Caller number one, your three minutes begin now. Can I be heard? Yes. Uh, I share uh, Mr. Warfield's uh, sentiments. I'm very, very concerned about the um, uh, prohibition against remote public comment, and this is the last meeting you're permitting that in a most undemocratic fashion. Um, I, I, I think the mayor must be in on this. It's very sad to see this happening. Uh, I do think the mayor has a tendency to be very undemocratic in her ways of conducting public business. The library has the most, the San Francisco Public Library has the most vast resources of any public institution for, for those most in need of using its resources, the seniors, low-income, disabled. And you are taking away the very... Uh, few ways that the public has of using, of accessing the Library Commission, which is and must be a body that serves everyone in San Francisco, not just the people who have the Wi-Fi and the, uh, uh, I call them dumb phones. So I'm very, very concerned. This is part of Mayor Breed's attack on people who have very, very limited access to public resources. And this includes her recent attempts to um, demolish rent-controlled housing, uh, which uh, I know it's not your purview, but it's definitely part of the public discussion that we all must participate in. I'm, I think the late, great Martin Luther King is tur turning over in his grave that these undemocratic uh, actions should be happening in San Francisco. Thank you. Thank you, caller number one. Madam President, at this time, there are no additional callers in the queue. Operations, thank you very much. Um, we thank everybody for taking the time to um, participate in um, this uh, general public comment. 
uh, seeing there's no more um, speakers, um, general public comment is now closed. We will now turn to item number two, which is discussion and passable action to approve the October commission meeting minutes. We will open public comment before our commission discussion and potential action on this item. Um, we will begin with public comment here in Perrette Auditorium and then move to the participants uh, listening via Zoom. Public comment on this item, the uh, discussion and possible action to approve the October commission meeting minutes is now open here in Perrette Auditorium. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. Your minutes are unfortunate in a number of respects. Had you any respect for the truth of what people are saying or give any kind of a reasonable or accurate report, they would be radically different in what they report in general, but in particular about what we say. Item one, it says that uh, I said the agenda does not make any note about how people can access the meeting and the way to join. No, I did not say that. I said that there was a change and that there was no note about the change. And the change was both in the phone access and in, in the uh, computer access. Uh, also at that time and on every agenda item, I have given contact information for Library Users Association. And there's a reason for that. Folks who are remotely placed can't approach, can't say, hey, I liked what you said. Can we talk about it further sometime or vice versa? Uh, didn't like what you said, here's why you need to understand something better or that I might approach. Uh, and that's, that's the reason that I do that to make up for the deficits that remote comment uh, introduces. You regularly omit our contact information. And I believe in these, these minutes, you've completely omitted any contact information for us in the past you've omitted contact information uh, most of the time, but at least had it typically once. That's wrong. I say it for a reason, it takes time for my other comments. I also said, as I have pretty much every time for two years, that social media, according to Francis Haugen's testimony at the Senate two years ago, Wall Street Journal and New York Times articles is toxic, especially for kids and that Facebook prioritizes profits over safety. Other toxic and problematic social media not only have their downsides, including as specified by reports by the Attorney General of the United States, not just my opinion. And I see I get a big yawn from one of you. Thank you. Uh, the fact is, you constantly tout those things on your publicity paper, computer, and everywhere else without any warning at all to anybody about the dangers. That's wrong. Thank you. Any further public comment on this um, agenda item? 
Hi, commissioners. My name is Matthew Keniston. I am a San Francisco resident since 1999. Uh, I have a beautiful wife and two daughters who are active library users. We love the library. Uh, my 12-year-old daughter, who's in sixth grade here in San Francisco, came home in October talking about um, how pleased she was, how lucky she felt that her school brought to her um, an author whose books have been banned. And uh, the author was able to present to the class to talk a little bit about the, those banned books. Uh, I am uh, also on the board of the San Francisco uh, uh, Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. I just wanted to emphasize Friends' commitment to- I'm sorry, you're giving public comment off agenda item. This is about the minutes. Sorry. That's okay, thank you. I missed my cue earlier. Um, thank you for thank you for your understanding. Um, uh, we any further public comment on the agenda? Hearing correct. I'm, I'm sorry on the um, minutes um, here in correct auditorium. Seeing there's no further public comment here in correct auditorium regarding the minutes, we turn to our participants via the Zoom platform. Um, operations. Are there any um, callers in the queue? And if so, please put them through. Madam President, at this time, there are no callers in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow additional callers to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no additional callers in the queue at this time. Thank you, Operations. Hearing no further requests for a public comment, um, public comment on this item is now closed and we move to commission discussion and action on item two. Would someone like to make a motion to approve the minutes of the October commission meeting? Uh, Madam Chair, I'd like to make a motion to approve the minutes as they are. Thank you. Do we have a second? I'll second. So we have a motion from Commissioner Lomax Garaducci and a second from Commissioner Bolander to approve the meeting minutes from October. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Vice President Wong? Aye. Commissioner Ono? Aye. Commissioner Lomax Giraduzzi? Aye. Commissioner Bolander? Aye. The motion passes unanimously. Thank you. We now turn to item number three, which is a discussion on capital projects and an update. Uh, I now turn this meeting over to our wonderful city librarian, Michael Lambert. Thank you, President Wolf, and good evening, commissioners. Library staff appreciates this opportunity to bring you an update regarding our considerable portfolio of library capital projects, including our three major branch capital projects. You may recall earlier this spring that we brought a capital projects update to all of you and a focused branch capital projects report in May. Since that time, we've hit significant milestones and made progress on a number of fronts. In preparation for today's discussion, we've provided you a memo in your packets that provides more specific details on the capital branch projects in particular that are part of our library improvements for, to for tomorrow building program. And now I'm pleased to introduce our facilities director, John Cunha, who will be delivering this presentation. Thank you, Michael. Um, let me just start off by saying good evening, uh, commissioners, Madam President, uh, Chief of Public Services, Chief Operating Officer and City Librarian. And additionally, um, I was thinking about this earlier today. I think it's important for me to acknowledge and say good evening to those members of the public who are joining us this evening as well. 
So thank you. Um, and it's it's a total honor to be back here presenting to you this evening. Uh, I've been looking forward to it and I've really been enjoying the last year and a half of my time here at the library. Um, to begin with, I would like to uh, take this opportunity to introduce the newest member of our team. Uh, her name is Lisa Valerio. Um, she is our new capital projects manager. And I have to say, um, there have been few recruitments with which I've been so pleased. I'm very happy to have her. Uh, Lisa comes to us from uh, the San Jose Public Library System where she was a project manager there um, as early as 2002. She oversaw the renovation of over 20 libraries there. Uh, her start date with us was July 17th. So she's been with us uh, going on four months now and she's been a wonderful addition. She's currently working on several capital projects for the library, such as the renovation of the Mission Branch, uh, the Talking Books and Braille Center, and 750 Brandon, all of which she will be discussing with you this evening shortly. Uh, she seems to enjoy her job. I'm not going to hold that against her. Uh, always comes to work with a wonderful attitude and a smile on her face. And she even says she likes the people that she gets to work with. Um, when she's not working, she enjoys spending time with her family, especially her 12-year-old daughter. So I would like to welcome Lisa up to introduce herself and give you an overview of some of our projects in Closeout, as well as our mission renovation project. Lisa? Thank you, John. I, I truly am enjoying working here for this last three, four months. I've, I've, it's been energizing and just really just awesome opportunity that has been provided to me here, working part of the San Francisco Public Library team. Tonight, I would like to highlight a few of our completed projects. Thank you. That's great. Thank you, sorry, apologies. Tonight, I would like to highlight a few of our completed projects. We're going to look at 750 Brandon Street, which provides additional much needed shelving for our library material. Also, Main Library Talking Books and Braille Center, our newly designed renovated space for our hearing and sight impaired community. We just celebrated our reopening last week, as you can notice on the image on the bottom, a very well attended event. I will also have the pleasure to provide an update on the Mission Library. Oops, what did I do? Okay, thank you, apologies. Our first completed project that I'd like to share with you is 750 Brandon Street Building Collections. We started the project November 28th, 2022 of last year and substantial completion was just last month, October 27th. The contractor is moving out, demobilizing this week and the project is in closeout. During project implementation, facilities unit identified a large discrepancy with the flooring and compact shelving compatibility and requirements. This resulted in a need to level the floors in the three library building collection rooms. If this was not corrected, it would impact operations, access to the building, access to the collection programmed in that space, as well as safety. Thus in mid project, a, a significant yet worthy change order was initiated. The concrete floors were remediated to achieve the required flatness excuse me, and also support the assist vehicles that are required for staff to access the collection. This project will centralize historical and periodicals collections here at Main Library and be moved to this 
750 Brandon Building. As we close out this project, we anticipate savings from the total project funds. The library will be working right now with Public Works to complete the final inspections and close out of this project. Library is also working with the contract services to hire a contractor to move the collection from the main N199th building to the building. Collection to be removed from main library will include 90,000 volumes of periodicals as well as over 60,000 boxes and ledgers of our library's historical collection. Our second project is a beautifully remodeled 3,480 square foot talking books and braille center. The project started last year, September 6, 2022, and substantial completion was last couple of weeks ago, November 6, 2023. The project is now in closeout phase. The library had a well-attended successful reopening last week, Wednesday, November 8th. Outreach efforts for this project included our library staff, a six-panel advisory committee, the Lighthouse for Blind and Visually Impaired organization, as well as Chris Downey, an architect who is sight impaired. The improved spacious tailored space specific design features include an open area for various types of group activities, individual learning rooms, a private sound room, new light fixtures that are sensitive to blind and visually impaired community, as well as textual and acoustical floor differentiation in, throughout the room. The library is working with Public Works to complete the final inspections and closeout of this project. Now I would like to share and feature some of our library's large capital projects. I'm excited to show Mission Library. We are excited that the construction has now begun. And John Cunha will provide project updates for Chinatown, our library Carnegie renovation, Ocean View, which is in very early planning stages, as well as 199th Street Energy Efficiency, which provides a new HVAC system, PV system, as well as a new roof. Mission Library renovation of the 10,479 square foot Carnegie Library is underway. Notice to proceed was 1st of August of this year, and we are currently in construction 2% completion. With the current market conditions, project budget is at 34 million. Construction is estimated to take about two years. The new Mission Library renovation project includes restoration of the 24th Street entrance, a new central staircase leading into the historic reading room that will feature showcase feature and showcase public art, a stained glass mural by Bay Area artist Juan Alicia Aricia titled Nopal de la Misión. As you can see in our images, the general contractor completed soft demolition of the community room, staff work room, and children's room. The newly renovated library is scheduled to be completed in late 2025 and will provide a new, flexible, adaptable design to serve our community while preserving the historic, beautiful Carnegie Reading Room. When completed, this new, newly renovated Carnegie Library will include solar panels, an impressive community room with lots of windows and natural light, a new and dedicated space for teens. The next phase is continued soft demolition. General contractor will work on soft demo of the stairs, elevators, inside the building and along 24th Street in the next few weeks. Now I'd like to return back, turn it over to John Cunha, our facilities director and my boss to provide project updates on Chinatown, Ocean View and 199th Street building. Thank you very much.
All right, thank you, Lisa. So moving along, so another uh, branch library in our in our Lyft program is Chinatown. Um, the renovation the renovation of this existing Carnegie Library is going to be, I think, nothing short of spectacular and returning it to its uh, kind of original historic glory, which is um, kind of a common theme for these last two projects, which, are, which I'm really excited about. Um, so we'll have an almost 18,000 square foot building. It'll be a certified lead gold building. And it'll include, include an enlarged community room, a new teen room, and it'll restore the community room entry and provide a larger community room space. Um, it'll be, there'll be a re reinstatement of the beautiful historical reading room, and we'll have a new roof terrace uh, for the public to enjoy there. It'll also include a new elevator and stairway, obviously upgraded building systems, heating and air cooling systems for the entire building to better serve community needs. Um, we will also, um, part of the project I really enjoy was the, uh, the PV, the solar panels project, because it's another opportunity to be not only green, but to be collaborative with other city departments, which I really like. Um, next steps for this project, we're currently about uh, almost approaching the 95% construction document phase. So we're really getting into like working with DBI, uh, finalizing the building permit and moving it along. Um, Right now, our tentative project completion date is hopefully late 2026. All right. Oops, I missed a slide, sorry. So here's a couple of nice pictures of the grand reading room and again, the, uh, the rooftop terrace there. So next, our final uh, branch in our lift project is our Ocean View Branch Library. So you could see some of the, the general notes up there on the slide in front of you. Um, so this library uh, project, it's continuing to move along in the Ocean View area. Um, this particular lift project is unique because this was originally planned to be a renovation of the existing branch. Um, the library has been very receptive to feedback from the community as early as 2019 in which we heard loud and clear that the community wants a new uh, state-of-the-art facility, much larger than the existing one that's there now. Um, we began budgeting for this project again uh, back, I believe, in 2019 originally, um, but this was severely set back by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, to date, we have set aside, we have budgeted, actually, I'm sorry, through the fiscal year 25, we will have budgeted $37.3 million for this particular project. Um, the current status has us following the recommendations outlined, outlined in the planning department's preliminary project assessment. So most notably, we're to monitor the traffic studies underway along Brotherhood Way. Um, site selection has obviously not been finalized as the library continues to gather information. This is an interesting possibility that's come up in the, in the last several weeks is um, the siting of the library along the main Randolph Street corridor where the current location is and where the OV branch, OVI branch has always been located. The library has been working with the real estate department to assess other options in, the, in this current market environment. Uh, in recent weeks, real estate has brokered preliminary conversations with the Pilgrim Community Church about a prospective joint use partnership to co-locate a new Ocean View branch library as part of redeveloping their site. The library would become an anchor tenant on the ground floor of a larger mixed use development with a new community center, church, 
and housing. We're very, very early in these discussions and there would need to be an additional third party developer to come to the table to make this work. But we're intrigued by the possibility of keeping the new library along the main thoroughfare with public transit and the opportunity for a new library to help revitalize this corridor. Um, again, similar to the uh, interdepartmental work, I really love the idea of a co-located uh, co project where we, we really get to do more good, in my opinion, in the community. Next, the 199th Street Energy Efficiency. Um, not the most exciting project, but an important project nonetheless. Um, NTP was back in July because of extremely long lead times. Um, when all is said and done with this building, we will be much more energy efficient. Um, uh, again, solar panels, another collaborative effort with the PUC um, and a new roof. So just to yet another improvement an investment that the library continues to make in our facilities. So upcoming projects following all those exciting ones you just heard about. Um, the main library, as you all know, we have the seismic moat and the roof, um, both of which we have received grant monies for. We're very excited to move that forward. I'm looking forward to um, renewing the carpeting throughout the main, which is in sore need of it. Um, I also have begun preliminary conversations about air quality improvement, internal air quality improvements uh, throughout the main, which would be where I would start. And I would like to expand that to all the branches eventually. Um, that's a process called uh, bipolar ionization. It's really interesting. So we're still looking at that, but in the next couple of fiscal years, I hope to make that happen. And then again, keeping with the city's commitment to going green, um, at 750 Brandon, we will also be adding a, a bank of electric vehicle chargers there. Um, some images here for all those projects we just discussed, the flooring at the main, um, the roof at the main, and the seismic moat. And then as, as I spoke, we have the air quality improvements, just some images there, and then the electric vehicle chargers as well. So that is it for our presentation for this evening. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, John, and welcome, Lisa. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for that very robust presentation. Um, before we turn this over for commission discussion and questions, we will open up for public comment. Um, public comment will begin here in Correct Auditorium and then move to um, our participants via the Zoom platform. Public comment is now open here in Corret Auditorium. Hi, my name is Carrie Blanding. I'm the interim executive director of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. Um, we love branches. They're essential to making sure that each San Francisco resident has access to the expansive library resources here. Friends has a great track record of fundraising to support furniture, fixtures, and equipment at the library branches. We are currently raising funds actively for the Mission and Chinatown branch renovations, and we are poised and ready to start raising funds when the Ocean View project is finalized. Thank you. Glenn Rogers here again. Uh, I just wanted to mention that idea of having the uh, IT Bookman and the uh, public library together was an idea that I had about a year ago, six months ago. I'm so glad 
that that has come back again because that particular location really does uh, you know, could uh, really create an economic center there that is not presently there. But I and I all that being said, I wanted to talk to you about the present location for the uh, library at Orizaba in Brotherhood Way as a critique. Uh, I wanted to mention, and I'm sure the uh, this might be of some interest to some of the people here. The new location of the Ocean View Library at Orizaba Avenue in Brotherhood Way is an attractive nuisance. Daily and often, 10 to 20 times a day, cars cross a double yellow line on Sagamore Street and enter Orizaba illegally. The new lo library location is one block away from an intersection where dangerous sidecar shows have taken place. At different times of the year, the sun blinds those driving cars beside the library, creating a hazardous driving situ situation. Traffic speeds down Sagamore Street unimpeded because of the poor design of the superblocks created during the time the neighborhood was being constructed is continues to be a problem. For as many as four blocks, the regular neighborhood in a regular neighborhood, cars travel down Sagamore Street faster than they would normally. Adding to the intri intrinsic design flaws of the neighborhood is the fact Orizaba Way is especially narrow, causing cars traveling in opposite directions to need to back up or park in a vacant driveway if space is unavailable until other cars are free to pass. The addition of a signal light here would cause traffic to back up, creating a traffic nightmare similar to what is present at Ocean Avenue and Geneva Avenue. All that being said, a, a traffic light at that location would also be uh, would be uh, blinded uh, by the sunshine uh, at different times of the year. And for all of these reasons, this location at Orizaba and Brotherhood is a bad location. And thank you for considering a new one. Thank you. Any other further public comment here in Karat Auditorium? Seeing there's no further, oh. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. I wonder if we've just seen a Freudian slip. Uh, with respect to the presentation, thank you for having it. In the back of the room when I arrived, just prior to the meeting, there was only the agenda and none of the uh, explanatory documents. And that's quite contrary to what the library's tradition has been so that people who might drop by can have a chance to look at all of the materials. Uh, I did ask uh, the city librarian and he gave me uh, some of those materials, most of them, but not every one of them, suggested I go to the information desk to get the minutes 
which would have made me late for general public comment or more. So, uh, first of all, I'm curious whether the Historic Preservation Commission has been involved in any of the planning or any reviews or approvals. Uh, that I think is appropriate, especially for the historic uh, uh, libraries. Uh, second or third, uh, I appreciate the storage that you're providing, providing for the magazines and the historical material, but whatever happened to the concept of open shelving for the public? Browsing is a key way that people enjoy and do research, and that's true for people who don't even use the catalog or don't know or don't care or don't like it, but also for advanced, advanced researchers. Uh, and to relegate history and uh, older magazines, I think, is very, very disappointing, to put it mildly. I think there should be some effort to provide open access. Um, with respect to mixed use, uh, I would certainly, well, preferatory, I would like to say, I agree with the previous speaker about the dangers of the current plan. I've talked about that before. Uh, I walk around a lot and have been in the, around the city a lot. This is one of the most dangerous places and scary places to cross where the current location is located. There's a curved road and you can't see what's coming. And those cars are moving at very high speeds. That's in addition to all the other things that uh, Glenn has mentioned. Uh, mixed use is very problematic. I consider the Glen Park branch, while a pleasant uh, spot, it's almost completely invisible from the street. I don't like the idea of a library an important civic institution, especially well-funded as here, taking basically second place to other businesses. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Corret Auditorium? Seeing there's no further public comment here, we turn to our participants on the Zoom platform. Operations, if there's anyone on the Zoom platform who would like to make public comment, could you please put them through? Thank you. Madam President, this time there is one caller. I will put them through now. Caller Susan, your three minutes begin now. Caller Susan, you will need to unmute on your end to speak. Hello? Hello? We Hello? can hear you. Um, I'm here to speak about closing down public comment on Zoom. I think this is a terrible thing to do. Many of my students at San Francisco State are unable to do public comment in your person. Your comment does not appear to be related to this agenda item. Please re okay. redirect your comment to address the agenda item. Okay. What, when can I address this? Uh, uh, when can I address this issue on public comment? During general public comment, which is the first agenda item we had today. Oh, I just got out of class at San Francisco State. I'm sorry I missed it. And I still think you should not close down public comment. Thank you so much. Thank you, caller. Madam President, at this time, there are no additional callers in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow 
additional callers to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no additional callers at this time. Thank you very much, Operations. Seeing that there is no further public comment via the Zoom platform or here in Correct, public comment is now closed on this agenda item. And uh, we invite John and Lisa up to the uh, podium so that the commissioners can um, make comment and ask any questions. Um, first of all, I just wanna welcome Lisa to the team and thank you for being so enthusiastic about it. And before I open this up, I'm just wondering whether someone can clarify to me, what is 199th Street? 199th Street is uh, one of our non-public buildings. So our chief of Maine has her staff, her offices there. It's a very um, utilitarian, utilitarian building. We use it for a lot of uh, different purposes. It's also kind of a distribution, um, which I mean, I'm, I would hand that over to Michael because when it comes to the library portion of it, I don't know. I could tell you what kind of windows are in it, though. But but <laughs> yeah, the library. As a point of clarification, our chief of branches is is located over I'm there. Sorry, thank you. And also our chief of collections and technical services. And how large is it? How what? How large is it? I'd have to get back to you on that, uh, Madam President. I believe now nah, I'd need to look that up to okay, square footage. I, I wasn't sure what it was. Okay, so yeah, I, I could follow up with you on that before we open it up for. <laughs> Um, before we open it up for a public comment, just so that we all knew what, um, I've had a feeling I wasn't the only one that didn't know what it was. Um, so I now open it up for um, I, uh, Commissioner Ono, if you would like to ask any questions or make any comments, thank you. <laughs> yes, very good question. We should always know what's going on with the different buildings. Uh, John and Lisa, Lisa, welcome aboard. I hope you're not commuting from San Jose, but if you are, good luck this week. <laughs> Um, you guys are very busy and I really appreciate everything that you guys have been doing. I also want to mention to the public, I appreciate everyone's understanding and patience um, when we're going through all of these renovations. Some of them do take a long time, such as Ocean View, um, because, you know, we're the library is just one of many department and agencies in San Francisco, and we're number one. Um, but <laughs> I always have to say that. And we do have to work with other departments to make sure that we're doing the right thing for all of San Francisco. So um, everyone in Ocean View, everyone going through all of the renovations and all of the different um, uh, upgrades, uh, thank you for your patience, um, but also thank your staff for everything that they've been doing. Um, I do wanna make uh, one mention that, you know, now that the new idea about having a multi-use facility at Ocean View. I, I'm kind of liking that idea and would like, as we progress along, uh, get more information as we do it. Um, the other thing is, um, what was it? We appreciate that, you know, the fundraising part of it too, along, um, it's, because of the pandemic and everything else, we had to expand some of our budgets and they have been increasing. So I appreciate everyone taking the time to get through all, you know, all of the process and getting all the funding together. So thank you. Thank you. Um, Vice President Juan. Thanks for the presentation. I just have one question, which is in regards to the uh, possible partnership with the um, Pilgrim Community Church and IT Bookman, what are the dependencies that are outstanding to um, for us to come to an understanding of 
the potential available space cost projections, things like that, that are a little bit more tangible of like what we might be looking at, uh, looking at with that uh, option. Yeah, I think ultimately, um, as I mentioned in my presentation, we really need a third party developer in order to pull it all together. Um, it's a wonderful location. It's a double lot. It's huge. It's you know right on public transit. It's it's perfect in a lot of ways, but we don't have the budget to pull it off. You know, nor should we. Um, and I, you know, basically what community uh, Pilgrim Church brings to the table is the property. So we would really need that third that third party or actually fourth party in a sense to help uh, with the project of that size. Gotcha. So, so just to outline, um, if you were to go one click deeper in terms of uh, like the steps that, that we would need to take as a department to, to get to that clarity, what would those be? Um, the way I'm looking at it right now, and jump in, correct me if I'm wrong, um, boss, um, but we need to really try to identify that, that possible partnership mm -hmm. and see what that would look like and really kind of, kind of dig into that. We have met, I met, um, Maureen Singleton and myself, we met with uh, Dr. Reverend Harold Pierre, who is um, who's in charge of the Pilgrim Church, and then uh, the executive director, Felicia Thibodeau. Uh, back in July 27th was our initial meeting. Um, it was very positive. I mean, I, I felt really good about that. Then we, uh, following that, we did kind of a walkthrough of the lots, the property to see what was there and the potential. Um, I feel like Amongst that group, the feelings were very positive and, and really um, optimistic. So I think it's um, getting you know real estate to continue to partner with us as they have been to uh, to help develop that relationship with that fourth fourth party. I think is where we need to go next. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, Commissioner Lomax Garaducci. Just a follow-up on that, um, and thank you both for the presentation. Is there any examples that you see nationally um, or internationally of a like of a, a partnership that could potentially be like the one that we're um, entering into conversations with, um, with um, the Pilgrim Community Church and the uh, Bookman Center? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, actually, it was it, coincidentally, I was in Harvard a few months ago for a library design um workshop or class and uh, i got to uh interact and work with the um he's not a city librarian there i can't remember his title but similar uh of the chicago public library and we have since had uh meetings with them they have several um of their branches have uh co-locations and they've been i mean from my understanding very um very successful um i think it's it's like i said in my presentation i think it's it's a better way to serve the community, which is what I get excited about. No, and I think that's helpful for us, even as commissioners, to know that there's models that um, existed. Doesn't mean that we have to be like anyone else, but uh, but the concept of of, of how do you, um, anchor institution, public institution, a municipal institution. Um, such as a public library partner with other community-based uh, uh, anchor institutions um, that um, where there is a, a, an alignment of opportunity as well as needs that can serve not only today, but also you have to think of how does it serve into the future. So it's great to hear that um, you have colleagues at Chicago Public. Um, I wonder if there's any in, like in New York City, um, such as Brooklyn or any other, particularly other metropolitan areas where we may see some things like that, or even internationally as well. There may be other 
uh, library, public libraries outside of the United States um, and other uh, uh, countries that may have some very progressive ideas of, 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 of these type of um, unique partnerships. So I would just continue to urge the library and uh, um, the staff to continue to dig deep for what exists. And, 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 and if you have any good ideas to try to see how does the SFPL and the city and county of San Francisco, perhaps in partnership with others could take it a step further. Sure. Thank you. Um, that was uh, wonderful. I, there's always lessons learned. Um, from these projects of, you know, always asking if you could start over again, what would you do different? And so this is, we can sort of leapfrog over that. So thank you for those comments. Thank you, um, fellow commissioners for your comments. Um, this was a great report. I think um, you talked about seven different activities that you're working on, the 750 Brandon, the talking books. I went to that opening. It was the most inspiring thing I've had in a long time. It was fantastic. Uh, the two Carnegie buildings were so fortunate that Carnegie made um, an investment here, that project here in the Bay, in, in San Francisco. Um, Ocean View, 199th, now that we now know what 199th is. And then, of course, the updates here at the main. Um, I think this just demonstrates the breadth and depth of what we do, what you do, and how our real estate is such an important part of who we are that notion of our buildings. Um, we talk so much about the eBooks and our physical books and our programs, but we are one of the only city departments, one of the few where actually these bricks and, books, uh, bricks and mortars pace is so critical to who we are, our mission and how we serve the city so well. Um, I'm very excited about the idea of creating a new library. And I know it's frustrating to so many that it takes a while, but the reality is, is that we have one chance to get it right. And we have to do our due diligence at every step to do the right thing, because it's going to cost us a lot of money. And we need to be responsible to the citizens of San Francisco with their funds. And I'm excited to uh, that there's progress in thinking about we're looking at two different sites and kind of keeping those both going until we can land in a great place. So just want to say thank you for the work you do to make sure that our bricks and mortar serve us and all the citizens in such meaningful ways and beautiful ways. So thank you. Thank you. Um, we will now um, go to item number four, which is always a favorite, the city librarian's report. And so I turn this back over to city librarian, Michael Lambert. Thank you, President Wolf. Uh, before we move from that last agenda item, did you want to say something, Maureen, our chief operating officer? Oh, I was just going to say, I actually can answer your question about 199th Street. This is the beauty of access um, on my computer. It is a whopping 43,182 square feet. Um, and it does serve all of those back of office support. It's receiving of materials, prepping them to go out and be dispersed throughout the system and does house our administrative um, the chief of technical services as well as COB as well, chief of branches. But Thank you very much for that clarification. Sure. All right, and now we will move on to the city librarian's report. So thank you, President Wolf. We have a number of presenters this evening, and I'm pleased to introduce our first presenter. Jen Wu is our Family Engagement Coordinator in our Community Programs and Partnerships Division. And she's going to get us started with a presentation about first 
person. This is our celebration of Native and Indigenous people's heritage. Jen, take it away. All right. Good evening, Library Commissioners. My name is Jen Wu. I'm the Family Engagement Coordinator with Community Programs and Partnerships. Um, I'm here, albeit with a heavy heart, with the struggles of Indigenous peoples throughout the world due to imperialism, white supremacy, capitalism, and patriarchy. I'm still here with library staff in our community to celebrate and center the Indigenous people living in the Bay Area in our first-person celebrations. Great. For the second year in a row, we were host to the annual American Indian Film Festival. The festival celebrated Native American and Canada's First Nation cultures through film made by, for, and about Indigenous storytellers with the goal of promoting cultural exchange and understanding. This work was a joint effort with the Racial Equity Department and the Stegner Environmental Center. At Anza Branch, dive into color as creation with Ocean Escalante, an Indigenous artist from Oakland. Explore eco-friendly dyeing with foraged plants, slow color creation, and get how-to guides for your own artistic journey. Noe Valley Branch Manager Mary Fobbs Guillory holds an event on natural ink-making methods utilizing twigs, leaves, and berries. They have so many signups that they've had to add another session. We have a variety of programs to learn about the past and present culture of Ohlone people. Just recently, Magazine and Newspaper Center hosted news from Native California. This publication is available in many formats at SFPL. Golden Gate Valley celebrates Native Californian food with cookbook author Sarah Calvoza Olson of the Karuk tribe. Attendees will receive a copy of Calvoza Olson's book, which features seasonal recipes. And of course, the book list. So please dive into the Native American Heritage Month with a curated book list by the Reader's Advisory Committee. These books feature thrillers, chillers, memoirs, fiction, and nonfiction by Indigenous writers, teen fiction by Indigenous authors, new children's books affirming and celebrating Indigenous history and experiences, and recommendations adapting Native American culinary traditions for today. We have also uh, programs designed for youth and their families, and we've been seeing an increase in library and request for intergenerational programs, otherwise known as all ages programs, where the whole family or adults can attend and enjoy the program together. A year ago, I was introduced to Car Carla Marie and Desiree Munoz, the Ohlone sisters, members of the Costanoan Rumson Carmel tribe. We invited them into our spaces over the summer um, with the result of our patrons being delighted by their presence and stories. The Ohlone sisters are returning to not one, but three locations to share songs, stories, regalia, languages, and special relationships from the Ohlone culture. Those locations would be Excelsior, West Portal, and Bayview. This year, we connected with the Cafe Ohlone team. Cafe Ohlone is an East Bay restaurant honoring indigenous food and family in a one-of-a-kind culinary and educational experience. The founder is Vincent Medina of East Bay Ohlone and Louis Trevino of the Rumson Ohlone will be sharing their wisdom with the Ortega Branch community. 
Medina and Trevino will discuss the role of food and Ohlone culture past and present. A light snack and tea tasting is, will also be provided. Reservations are required, so claim your spot in this exciting evening with the Ohlone Cafe. In addition, instructor Kalori Roanhorse, an expert in Native American beading and owner of Navajo Dreams Authentic Handmade Jewelry, teaches the basics of jewelry design and beading. And speaking, oh, I'm sorry, Calorie is a fan, has fans in both patrons and community and also librarians alike. And speaking of jewelry making, the Mission Branch community will be visited by Laura Cedillo this winter. Laura is a program coordinator at the Native American Health Center and is no stranger to working with her community to provide services and programs. Mission Branch and Studio have been collaborating closely and often for a year. Librarians offered a series of tech help instructions to elders at NAHC. Studio has offered a native story corner at SFPL's Dia de los Niños event. Mission Branch with National Park Service hosted the NAHC community to field trip with the NPS shuttle and rangers over the summer. And Cedillo will visit Mission Branch to offer an intimate workshop on beading and jewelry making. The relationship between Mission Branch librarians and Native American Health Center's Laura Cedillo is the best practice model in action. Kudos to all involved with this partnership. We're continuing our joyful partnership with the National Park Services, Fatima Kalindras, and NPS Ranger. Kalindras has received permission and has been taught by elders to speak to the cultural traditions with emphasis on the relationship to the land. She will be at four of our locations, Glen Park, Noe Valley, Petrero, and Richmond. She speaks on a variety of topics, including the Ohlone Game of Staves. An informational um, handout or instructional handout is uh, for patrons is featured on the slide. Alicia Marietta's of Maya and Yaki people is a first time presenter with our library. Uh, she is inspired by many legends of the three sisters, corn, bean, and squash. Her adaptation with story and music includes colorful corn husk characters who reveal their origins in the Americas. As an honor to the Coast Miwok of Marin, audience will learn how coyote brought music to the people and learn how to play traditional elderberry clapperstick rattles and sing along with rettas in songs composed in English, Spanish, and Coast Miwok. Joy in all of its forms, even joy in our programs, can be resistance to continued oppression. The hope is that patrons continue to learn from and participate in culturally affirming programs that acknowledges difficult topics and places indigenous history, heritage, cultural traditions, and contemporary issues front and center. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Jen, and thank you for all your great work with the Racial Equity Committee as well. Thank you. All right, next up, we have our Chief Operating Officer, Maureen Singleton, with some good news out of Sacramento. Thank you, Michael. I'm very pleased to say that the library has been awarded additional state grant monies for two projects that John and uh, had discussed about earlier. It's for the roof project here at the main library, as well as the seismic moat. Um, and we received a total grant of $6.3 million. And the library is required to match that amount, which we have budgeted in previous years. And thanks to your approval processes, those monies are available that allows us to be eligible for this grant source. 
So I'd like to particularly thank the amazing team in facilities and finance who worked together to get this grant application in. And uh, for our friends over at the Department of Public Works that helped us identify all the eligible expenditures that are part of these projects so that we can maximize the amount of money that we can get from the state. So next up in the process is to go through the Board of Supervisors process to accept and expend the grant monies. We will be doing that over the next month or so. And then moving forward with these projects and bringing them to fruition. So um, it's great news. It's always helpful to get additional funding to help defray the total costs of these projects, which are well over $12 million. And I'm happy to answer any questions after public comment. But again, big thanks to the team who pulled it all together. It takes a lot to uh, put in grant applications and the administration of the grant afterwards will uh, also take a lot of work. And I'm gonna pre-thank the finance folks who are gonna be doing all of that. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Congratulations to you and your team. And this is fantastic news. Ultimately, securing these monies, our fair share from the state, frees up other library preservation fund dollars that we can then invest in all of the other capital projects in our port portfolio and allows us to really stretch our dollars. All right, our closer today is Michelle Jeffers, our Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships. And she's going to tell us all about the annual report for fiscal year 23. Hi, good evening, commissioners. Um, indeed, I am Michelle Jeffers, the Chief of Community Programs and Partnerships, um, and here to talk about the annual report. Um, like you, every November, I'm very thankful that the annual report is done. So I give thanks. <laughs> Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that this report this year is the work of our wonderful communications team, really specifically our communications director, Kate Patterson, and our graphic design supervisor, Betty Ho, with contributions from Jamie Wong and Kelly Sheehan, and only very minor contributions from me. But I'm so glad to see it's basically done. You do have a draft of it, and we will be going to print very soon, and it will also be on our website with all the other city departments annual reports. So you can look forward to that. Um, as I mentioned, the, uh, the annual report this year strives to be very readable, very um, kind of quick glimpses at things, um, data-driven, of course. And so uh, I want to talk about the budget first, which, of course, is kind of why you do an annual report. This slide reflects our remarkable $185,700,000 annual budget. As always, the bulk of our costs, as you can see, are our dedicated staff, but also the vital collections that we maintain. And I'll talk a little bit more about our collections as we go forward. Also highlighted is the grant funds that we receive from our partners, our wonderful partners, the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library. We spent about $700,000 in grant funds last year, most of it supporting programs like, like the first person program that Jen just spoke of and all our other robust public programming, cultural celebrations, poets and author talks, literacy and learning and career building classes, um, STEM learning, children and family programs, and of course, the award-winning Summer Stride program. But funds also went to work on our racial equity efforts, as well as our professional development trainings for our staff. 
Um, again, more data for the win here. You have previously received a presentation about our $12 million record-breaking circulation this year, but I also wanted to highlight that we added um, more than 450,000 items to our collection. We also did a tremendous business and public programming, and we can importantly grew a lot of our computer literacy and jobs and career programs this year. So I think it was worth highlighting all those, all those major milestones in our report. And speaking, back, speaking of our collections, as I promised, I love this slide because it highlights what's really popular among our community um, and the rich level really of the popular resources that we are able to provide to that community. Everything from the beloved children's author, Dave Pilkey, to also the equally beloved Taylor Swift, <laughs> to the Academy Award-winning film, Everything Everywhere All at Once. But I'm also proud to note up at the top, um, at the top of the slide that um, our annual One City, One Book book, This Is Your Hustle, as well as two of our on the same page selections when no one is watching. And um, last night at the Telegraph Club were among the most popular checked out books for the year. So our, reading, our book clubs um, really do have an impact on our circulation. Sorry, it's going slow. Um, many of our staff showed up to celebrate those 12 million checkouts um, on a Friday morning here at the library. And it was also combined with our annual service pin celebration ceremony breakfast, which is always such a feel good event for our staff. So we really wanted to reflect that again, highlighting our wonderful staff. A few more remarkable milestones for the year includes our own Ocean View branch manager, Jana Ray Cabrera, who was named Library Journal Mover and Shaker this year. That's one of the highest industry honors for librarians. Um, we saw the return of the annual Potrero Branch Art Show, which is in its 62nd year. It's noteworthy for being one of the oldest, if not the oldest community art shows in San Francisco. Um, we also won a statewide PR award for our library love letters campaign, thought that was worthy. And of course, our career online high school graduation. Over the pandemic, we graduated a number of students and we were able to bring nine of them back this year to have a little celebration with their families here in the Corette Auditorium. It's always so amazing to, to hear these people and how their lives have been changed through graduating from high school with their libraries. And of course, we wanna share some branch love. Uh, our branches are of course the heart of our library system and bring such joy to their neighborhoods. And future joy is coming with our capital improvements that you heard about at Mission Branch, which is underway, Chinatown coming soon. And this report also highlights the California Building Forward State Grant that we received to make some of these projects a reality. And finally, our racial equity work. Um, this report highlights all the work they've done this year, including the culture of learning that they've really started for our staff with dedicated trainings and meetings like the Library Real Talk 2.0, an informal staff conference to build community around racial equity among staff, our communication efforts via podcast and a newsletter, as well as the BIPOC and LGBTQ plus staff affinity groups that we've started, that they've started really for staff to find common ground and support amongst each other. And that concludes my report to you today, um, but we wanted to end with this lovely quote from one of our graduates. So thank you. Thank you so much, Michelle. Another banner year, enriching community, empowering individuals, transforming lives. And thank you so much to our partners at the Friends and Foundation of the San Francisco Public Library for all your generous support that makes this happen and possible. Thank you. And that concludes the City Librarian's Report. Fantastic. 
Um, we will um, start with um, community um, comments before public comments before we have discussion and questions from um, the commissioners. Um, we will start with comment here in Coret Auditorium and then move to the Zoom platform. So um, we welcome public comment here in Coret. Thank you. Hi, commissioners. My name is Matt Keniston. This time I didn't miss my cue. Uh, I serve on the board of the Friends of the San Francisco Public Library, where for the last four years I've had the privilege of acting as the treasurer uh, of the board, as well as the chair of the finance committee. I'm delighted to make a public comment to celebrate the library's annual report and to thank the library for including a very colorful page highlighting friends support for the library. Uh, during my tenure, the uh, board and the terrific staff at Friends have provided millions of dollars of support to our amazing library. Friends is proud to provide annual support for signature programs that benefit San Francisco residents who use the main, our 27 branches, and the innovative book kiosk on Treasure Island that I had the good fortune of celebrating on opening day with District 6 Supervisor Matt Dorsey and City Librarian Michael Lambert, several members of the library staff, and an excited group of library users. Support for system-wide youth and adult programming, Summer Stride, One City, One Book. If you haven't read that book, by the way, this is Ear Hustle, highly recommend. And more that Michelle Jeffers just highlighted is at the heart of the mission at Friends, which is to strengthen, support, and advocate for a premier public library system in San Francisco. Um, final plug for friends, if anybody's interested, we're also celebrating the completion of our annual report and I'll happily leave one here for the commissioners to review at your convenience. Thank you. Um, other further public comment here in Corette? Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and P.O. Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. Uh, thank you very much for the reports and for the presenters. Uh, it's always very interesting and uh, uh, enjoyable to hear what's going on at the library. Uh, I do have in limited time, some limited uh, comments. The first is uh, I would like to see a copy of that friends report that uh, was given to Michael Lambert and presented uh, since the friends have presented it to you for your consideration here. Uh, I would like to say that uh, with respect to budget matters, uh, your annual report does not show the income of the friends. And that's been, that has been in the past an ongoing issue. How much do the friends keep from what they collect? At one time, I recall a previous chair of the library commission asking the friends to guarantee or promise that they would give a certain percentage of what they received, uh, presumably on behalf of the library, uh, and they never did. They were very, very uncomfortable about having to do that. And in the past, previous people doing research 
uh, found that the friends kept 90% of what they took in and only gave 10% or even less at various times to the library. Uh, with respect to the uh, graph of uh, circulation, it's uh, surprising that it doesn't show what a previous graph of circulation showed, which is that books are tremendously uh, strong in their comeback as the library opened physical locations. When you show these percentages, you unfortunately don't show how much and to what degree and at what points, what level of uh, open hours uh, affected the circulation of books and since the library was actually fully closed for quite a while and only has partially recovered, it still has not given full hours pre-COVID to the public. It's chopped every evening hour, and that's not what it uh, previously had in terms of the strongly desired by the public evening hours. Uh, with respect to the press release, there are some pretty strong factual questionable statements, uh, which I wish you would comment ask me about, is it a safe and welcoming space for all when you've cut out overnight uh, Wi-Fi to get rid of certain people coming and double the space of... Thank you very much. Um, any other further public comment here in Coret? Seeing there's no further um, request for public comment in Coret, we now turn to public comment via the um, Zoom Platform operations. If there's anyone in the queue wishing to make a public comment, could you please put them through? Thank you. Madam President, at this time, there are no commenters with their hands raised. I will pause briefly to allow anyone who wishes to do so to do so. Madam President, there are no commenters in the queue at this time. Thank you very much, operations. And um, thank you for. Um, to Jen, Jen Wu, Maureen, and Michelle for their great presentations. Um, you may just stay available in case we are, um, anyone would like to make a comment or ask a question. Um, I think that we are just so delighted by the annual report. We are so inspired, Jen, by what you have created, the kind of robust programming um, to reach out to um, the indigenous communities, but also to engage the larger population in learning more and understanding deeper, more deeply about um, traditions, cultures, and beliefs. Um, and Maureen, bravo to your, your, your team, really fantastic news. Um, I know, I can't even imagine what it's like to prepare a um, a proposal for the state review. So I can uh, really want to thank you. And I can then only imagine the reporting uh, mechanisms that are required to receive the funds. So we really um, appreciate that. Um, the annual report really does capture the spirit of all that. I mean, I still think it's probably just the tip of the iceberg of all that happens here, but it really does capture that spirit. And we're so, so grateful. I also just want to thank again, um, the friends and welcome to Carrie. Um, as the interim executive director, um, we really do um, really cherish and treasure our partnership and look forward to uh, a new chapter as you seek a new um, executive director and look forward to learning more about what you've accomplished through your annual report. 
So um, with that, we will conclude item number four. And thank you again to all the staff, because all these documents, all these programs do not happen um, in isolation. They really take a village. And really, it's amazing what this staff does produce uh, monthly, daily, hourly, and by minute. So thank you. We will now turn to item number five. Um, which is discussion and possible action to approve the 2024 commission meeting schedule. I will turn this uh, over again to uh, city librarian, Michael Lambert. Thank you, President Wolf. We have followed the same convention as prior years, the third Thursday of the month with the exception of the month of February when we're engaged in budget approval. Uh, so we have this draft commission meeting schedule for your perusal and potential uh, action to approve this evening. And we really appreciate your consideration of this 2024 commission meeting schedule. Um, thank you very much. Before we open this up for, um, for conversation a discussion here with the um, commissioners, we will open it up for public comment here in Correct and then move to the Zoom platform. Um, public comment is now open in Pratt Auditorium. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California, 94117-0544. Uh, We've said it before to no avail, and I'll say it again. The commission meeting schedule might be convenient for uh, management at the library, but it's certainly not convenient for the public. Uh, and if you had more of an interest in uh, the public's views on matters, you would do what many other places do, which is have their meetings at a more convenient time for working people, people who go to school, and the like. And that would be to have a later start time. We had actually a good example where you shut down somebody who wanted to make public comment on item one. Uh, the remote speaker said that she was at, the, at work until five o'clock and couldn't get away from work at all. And certainly wouldn't be able to come down here uh, when you're already well advanced on the agenda. And so she didn't have an opportunity to make public comment as she wanted to. Uh, that's just one example right here tonight of why your early meeting at 4.30 is too early for any kind of uh, working people, school-going people, and the like. Um, many municipalities have meetings that start at, in the evening. For example, Berkeley City Council meets weekly, 7 o'clock at night. Many other municipalities and other groups civic groups meet much later than 4.30, so that at least working people have a reasonable chance. I believe, well, I know that the commission met later in, in, in past years, and I would urge you to consider public participation, whether by viewing, listening, or speaking. And especially if you're not having remote public comment, that cuts back on public comment even more. This is a decision that you've got to make when you have your meetings and also how you have access to them. 
And I think that you seriously should consider what the public wants and needs. And start your meetings much later, perhaps six or later. Thank you. Thank you very much. Any further public here in Corral Auditorium? Seeing there's no further public comment, operations. If there's anyone in the queue via the Zoom platform, could you please put them through? Thank you. Madam President, at this time, there are no callers with their hands raised in the queue. I will pause briefly to allow anyone who wishes to do so to raise their hand. Madam President, there are no callers in the queue at this time. Thank you very much, Operations. Seeing there's no further um, request for public comment, public comment is now closed. And I now turn um, the conversation to the commissioners for a possible vote. Would you mind putting up the date just so that we have it? Thank you. Um, I just wanna be sure that everyone has a chance to review this before um, I ask for a motion uh, to approve the 2024 Library Commission meeting schedule. Um, can we have a motion from a commissioner? I motion. Thank you. A second. A second. We have a motion from Commissioner Bolander and a second from Commissioner Huang to approve the 2024 commission calendar. And I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Vice President Huang? Aye. Commissioner Ono? Aye. Commissioner Lomax Girardutsu? Aye. Commissioner Bolander? Aye. The motion passes unanimously. Mark your calendars now before you forget. Um, I think that's more to me than anyone else. <laughs> um, okay, now we turn to item number six, which is adjournment. Um, we, will, um, we will start with public comment before our commission discussion and vote on this item. Public comment on adjournment is now open here in correct. Peter Warfield, Executive Director, Library Users Association, Library Users 2004 at yahoo.com and PO Box 170544, San Francisco, California 94117 0544. And thank you for the attention that seems to be being paid by a few people, uh, those not busy with their cell phones or reading something else. I have said it before and I'll say it again. I think you should not adjourn until you insist that the Library Commission have an agenda item that gives an opportunity to you to say what you would like on future agenda items. For example, you could have asked me to clarify or to expand on what I said about this press release. Nobody did. If you were to talk about what other things you would like, and you've occasionally had things that you asked for expansion on, for example, 190, uh, 199th Street, uh, why not have a further explanation of what that is? That's uh, somewhat in the mists of time. Uh, how about an expansion on this claim here in the mayoral uh, press release about the grants, which congratulations for receiving. We always like to see well-funded library, uh, no matter what. Uh, but it says here that uh, the building is a landmark. It certainly hasn't been declared a landmark as far as I know. Uh, it has had many, it has many deficiencies. 
there was a post-occupancy evaluation report that was the result of the scandal of the opening, which was that the main library actually had not enough room for the existing books when the bond measure had promised room for 20 years of growth in the collection. Meanwhile, you have evicted a whole Western wall of magazines some years ago so that they're no longer browsable and accessible. And the mess of the magazines is still ongoing. If you look up a magazine in the catalog, there has been now for years an advisory you're, there may be a 24-hour delay in getting at magazines. Talk to a librarian before you come down with any, with an, with a hope of having any certainty about getting getting a magazine. Uh, it says here, the 376,000-foot facility offers twice as much useful space as its predecessor. I don't believe that's anywhere near true. There were book dumpings that were a scandal, and the. New Yorker article of October 1996 went into that by Nicholson Baker. Look it up in the magazine section, which no longer has that on the shelf in the main library. Thank you very much. Any further public comment here in Coret? Um, we will now turn to um, our participants via the Zoom platform. Operations, if there's anyone in the queue, could you please put them forward? Thank you. Madam President, there are no callers in the queue at this time. Thank you very much. That concludes public comment um, on, on adjourning the meeting. Um, before we take a vote, I just want to remind people that the next meeting is December 14th, which is um, a week earlier than what was um, that we typically do, which is the third Thursday. So I just want to make sure you make note of that for the next meeting. So do we have... Um, um, would someone like to make a motion to adjourn the meeting? I'll move to adjourn. And do we have a second? I'll second that. Wonderful. So we have uh, a motion from Commissioner um, Huang and a second from Commissioner Lomax Garaducci. I'll take the roll call. Commissioners, please say aye or no when I call your name. President Wolf? Aye. Vice President Wong? Aye. Commissioner Ono? Aye. Commissioner Lomax Garaducci? Aye. Commissioner Bolander? Aye. The motion. Um, passes unanimously. The meeting is now officially adjourned. Thank you very much. Hope everybody has a wonderful, healthy, happy, delicious Thanksgiving holiday ahead. Thank you.